Welcome to the Drone Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Adamson. In this, our first episode, we have four guests. Jessica Cully, Peter Gibson, Meg Kummerow, and Michael Fawcett. Don't forget you can email us anytime on dronechat at safedroningaustralia.com.au with any suggestions or questions you may have. Now let's take off to this episode. Okay, we're now chatting with Jessica Cully, who has her own business and is involved in the drone industry, but is also the administrator on a number of Facebook groups. So we're going to talk to Jessica about her story and the Facebook groups. Morning, Jessica. Good morning, Shane. How are you? I'm really well, and yourself? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Lovely weather. It is, isn't it? Okay, so briefly, what's the Jessica Cully story? Um, Okay, well, I don't do anything briefly, but I'll give it a go for you. Um, (laughs) As you know, I talk the hind legs off a deaf donkey, especially when it comes to droning. But basically, okay, me, Uh, I was a nurse for 30 years, um, and I got into drones about five years ago while I was still nursing um, because I was thinking about becoming a real estate um, photographer and part of that was you need to do aerial shots so I, uh, I had a chat with some people who were doing it locally and they they were doing it with helicopters and, and they said they were quite difficult to learn to fly um, and it did look quite tricky so I had a little look online to see what what else was about there and found drones so bought my first phantom one and uh, crashed it on day one obviously as you do um, it's, uh, I watched all the YouTube videos on how to fly the thing and, uh, and it still just took off and I had to run through gardens and collect it from about 10 houses down where it landed very beautifully underneath the palm tree. I was so lucky anyway. So that was my first day on my first drone. So it was, it was a big learning curve. Then, um, I joined a Facebook group called the DJI owners of Australia. Um, there were 20 members. Um, I now help run that group. Uh, we now have, I think, 18,000, just over 18,000 members. 18,000. Uh, yeah, we've, we've grown quite a lot in the last five years. In fact, over Christmas this year, we were we grew. It's slowed down a bit now, but we, over Christmas, we were growing by 300 members a week. Um, wow. So it's, uh, it's a big group now. Um, it, in the early days, it was quite small, and we had um, – we had a guy on there called Darren Reichel, who was my was my saving grace in teaching me how to um, all the things that I was doing wrong. We also uh, had uh, Rafi Rafi. Uh, actually, other people call him Rafi, but that sounds very posh to me. Rafi um, Mendy, who runs Rise Above Aerials in um, Sydney, um, and he was fantastic because honestly, I I kept getting trouble with the drone it would do this it would do that and they just helped me to the ends of the earth they were always there for me helping me out and and so as I got more confident in what I was doing with the drone um the guy who started the group called Johnny Johnson said I need some help running the group it's getting bigger and I said look I I don't mind giving back because people have given so much to me sorry that was my computer pinging um uh and I said I'll I'll help so basically, then I started helping with the group, and um, and it sort of went from there. We've brought on a lot more administrators now to help, 
um, people like um, Neil Hargreaves, who is our legal expert with all things. He's extremely knowledgeable when it comes to the regulations. He's got a legal background. Um, and we've got um, Gary Anderson, who's also he's a pilot as well, and he knows the ins and outs of, of the regulations and things like that. Um, we've got we've got a few other admins on there now. The lovely Diana Champion, who is um, who's who's very level headed, and uh, so we've got we've got a few of us. Darren's obviously there as an administrator as well now, and um, there are a few others there that sort of helping helping out run the page. Um, and our primary um, function with the page has been about promoting safe drone flying, um, and um, you know trying to encourage encourage you know lots of creativity with photographs and videos and things like that but but sticking within within the rules um and that's been quite important to us from the beginning really so um i i also run fly like a girl which is just a very small facebook page i think we've got about 180 members and we set that up um because women some women were were a bit intimidated to actually join a facebook big facebook group and they they wanted a space to hang out and just ask questions that they might get laughed at for on a on a bigger page so we've got that i'm also involved in brisbane drone flyers um which phil dunabin who's another admin on the dji page has set up satellite groups um so there's perth drone flyers melbourne road flyers sydney drone flyers gold coast Drone flies, Brisbane drone flyers. I'm trying to think of the other one, Adelaide, and I think I did Perth already. So I think those are his his groups. So I help out with the Brisbane side of things. Um, I have my own photography page called Down to Earth Photography, um, and I do do real estate work, but I don't do much of it. I do it for my husband, who's a real estate agent, and another agent um, locally, and that's that's it really. Okay. Sorry, I, I told you it would be long. <laughs> no, no, that's good. That We know who Jessica is now, and that's important. Um, you mentioned that uh, the idea of the Facebook groups is uh, not only to help and support, but to answer questions and, and that sort of thing. Do you find that um, there's sometimes a little bit of confusion as far as the rules and regulations are concerned? All the time. Absolutely all the time. Um, and the, the the thing is with the regulations is they are confusing because they're written in aviation speak. And for those of us who were something in a prior life before we became drone flyers or, you know, just flying for fun, we don't know what the aviation speak means a lot of the time. I think the rules, um, they do leave a bit to common sense um are they you know like land if you see another plane well how far away has the plane got to be you know if you're in an orange area on the can i fly there at how far away has that plane got to be it, you know so common sense comes into it um uh, but for there is no statistics to, to to help with how far away do i need to be from this airplane um, you know, I think aviation speak would like you 1.5 kilometers away, but how can you tell what 1.5 kilometers is? Um, uh, you know, the 30 meter rule, how, how can you tell what 30 meters is? And 
frequently asked, well, I was 30 metres above them, that's 30 metres away. Um, that comes up very, very frequently. You know, the rules are um, sometimes difficult to interpret and also there's, there is a feeling that maybe some of them are a bit outdated and need, need bringing into where we're at now. The rules seem to be playing catch-up to, to the technology. So, Yeah, I think that's always going to be a bit of a problem, isn't it? Because technology always seems to go at a 1,000 kilometres an hour and, and we're always sort of just walking along trying to catch up with it. Absolutely, absolutely. I don't envy the regulators at all. It must be an incredibly difficult job to try and get the balance right. Um, the, the problems arise when people interpret them how they want to interpret them. Um, so, you know, I think, I think if you, you need to apply a healthy dose of common sense to the regulations. Yes, to, yes, I agree, yeah. To make them viable and to make them work. Yes. Okay. So hopefully you're going to be a regular uh, on our podcast. If I was to say to you, can you give me five subjects that you think or you would like to see discussed here on Drone Chat um, and, and why you want those five subjects discussed, what would they be? Right. I would like to see... I would love to see um, the, uh, an in-depth discussion on each single point of the regulations. So the 30-metre rule and how to make it work in real-life situations, that sort of thing um, is, I think, really important for, pe- for to help people out, especially people coming into this, because it is a bit of a minefield, um, you know, to explain practically how to make it work, how to make, um, for, from a point of view of, you know, line of sight, how to work out what your line of sight is. And I know CASA are going to bring in some diff- some more specific guidelines about this later in the year, and I think that will help. Um, so things like that would be really useful on a practical level to 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 work out how to make it make it doable. I think you could go through each one of them, and that would that would be really really good. Um, basic maintenance of of your drone, you know, some basic. Um, how to keep it in best shape, talking about batteries, battery storage, um, you know, the, how, how to charge it effectively. Um, maybe some really, really practical demonstrations of how to do an IMU calibration, things like that. Um, how to work out the app would be lovely. I know this isn't all safety, but actually when you sort of drag it back, it is about safety. I agree with you, definitely. So, that sort of thing would, would be really good. How many have I given you? That's probably only two, isn't it? Yeah, you've got three to go. Come on. I've got three to go. Um, safety, safety, safety. Oh, yeah, this is difficult. Let me think about it and get back to you. Okay. That sounds like a plan. <laughs> you know, the regulations for me, to go through the regulations would be really, really, really useful, um, you know, and basic maintenance, things like that. You know, I was chatting with someone – Weather, weather, weather. Talk about the weather because there are a lot of storm chases amongst us and um, it's quite nice to, um, you know, have which weather situations it's safe to drone in and which ones it's not. Okay. Okay, I've got three. I You've think- done well. You've <laughs> done well. Now, oddly enough, I was chatting with someone very recently and they mentioned JSAs. 
Yeah. Now, were you originally aware what a JSA was when you first? No, 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 no. Absolutely not. I wouldn't have had a clue what a JSA was. Um, I when I, before I did my REPL, like I said, I was a nurse. Um, we didn't have to do job safety assessments before we. I suppose in your head, maybe you do, but you don't have to do that sort of thing ever. I've never 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 heard of it before. Uh, risk assessment. I'm just like, if it's dodgy, don't do it. Probably, um, you know, th- that was as mu- as much as my knowledge. Um, so I think that many, many people, I don't think it's just me that I'm stupid. I think there are many people who would not know what a JSA was. I had, I had, um, when I first, um, did my, before I did my REPL, someone said to me, oh, you know, you'll be needing to do a JSA. And I'm like, well, I don't know what that means. So I think there will be a lot of people in a similar situation and particularly your sub 2kg operators who are commercial operators. Um, they've ticked a few boxes with CASA. They've had no real training. They wouldn't know to do that. Some may, if they've worked in, I don't know, construction or somewhere else, do you do it in construction? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. This is right. I, I think this, this is a common problem um, and this is probably why some people come a little bit unstuck or cop criticism for what they may have done or what they may have filmed with their drone because it is perhaps obvious to uh, a licensed operator that it isn't exactly kosher what what they've done. And it's not that they've intentionally done it. It's just that they weren't aware that what they were doing or how they were doing it wasn't the way to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. Yeah. So JSA, a talk through a JSA would be fantastic, um, you know, about what you put down. Now I do them on a regular basis. I actually quite like doing them because it's rather than just take picking up the drone and going out, I, I fill in my JSA before um, and uh, it's it, it clarifies in your mind what you're going to do. Like, you know, the site that you're going to go to, you know, where you're going to take off because you've already worked all that out before you've even got there. Google Maps is brilliant for that sort of thing because I do some real estate for photography. So I'll look on Google Maps first, have a look at the area um, and decide where can I safely take off? Where am I going to land if all go, if something goes pear-shaped, like, I don't know, a small child runs out of a house and starts, you know, where am I going to land safely if, if unexpected events happen? Um, and so it is really useful to, to plan ahead of how you're going to do it, what you're going to do it, what, what your parameters are for um, weather, you know, am I going to take off in 40 kilometre an hour winds? Probably not. So, you know, I'm going to put, put all that information and I have, it just reminds you to, to do all your checks. Checklists would be good too, actually. Safe Droning Australia, lovely checklist. You could make one. It's funny you should mention that. We are uh, currently working on that. Fantastic. Because that when you first um, become a drone operator, remembering to do everything is is an issue. And I did have one on my Phantom 1 and my Phantom 2 hanging off, a little pocket-sized one hanging off with just a basic checklist, turn this on, turn that on, make sure this is done. Um, so that would be um, something that would be quite useful to go through a checklist of what to do. Well, thank you for your time. Jessica, um, we've got some subjects to go and look at and come back in future podcasts. Um, 
just before we go, what what are the what are the names of the various Facebook groups that you're part of, and and you would recommend to anybody getting involved in drones to to follow and and be a part of? Okay, so we have the um, DJI owners of Australia. Um, we have. I'm also involved in Fly Like a Girl, and then there are um, then there are all the satellite groups that that run by Phil. Um, and some of us from the DJI group are involved in those as well. Um, so we have Brisbane Drone Flyers, Adelaide Drone Flyers, uh, Perth Drone Flyers. I'm trying to think, Sydney and Melbourne. All right. Well, again, thank you for coming on, Jessica. I do appreciate your time. And um, I look forward to chatting with you in the future. Uh, I'm sure we will have many chats and I'll try and keep them as brief as I can because hind legs, deaf donkey. <laughs> Thanks, Jessica. Bye for now. You're welcome. Thanks, Shane. Bye. Up next, I'm chatting with Peter Gibson from the Civil Aviation Safety Authority. Hello, Peter, and welcome. G'day, how are you? I'm well. Now, what actually is your position at CASA, please? I'm uh, the media manager, essentially, for the Civil Aviation Safety Authority, so I talk to journalists uh, right around Australia about everything to do with aviation safety. So that goes from uh, our uh, safety oversight of the big airlines, you know, Qantas, right down to uh, people flying uh, small uh, aircraft commercially, uh, small aircraft privately, ultralights, uh, ballonings, all sorts of sports aviation, and, of course, very importantly, uh, remotely piloted aircraft systems, which we all know and love as drones. So I do spend quite a bit of my time talking uh, to uh, the media and, indeed, the general public about drones, uh, about drone safety, about the drone safety rules uh, and the sorts of things we're doing. So this is a great opportunity uh, to uh, get our messages across about drone safety uh, and, of course, the lots and lots of things we are doing actively in the drone space. Okay. What do you think would be the five top things that we need to address uh, in the uh, the remote piloted aircraft systems at the moment and and for briefly for what reasons you feel we need to address these uh, various subjects? Well, of course, coming from the aviation safety regulator, naturally my answer is going to be safety. Uh, There are the safety rules themselves, which we need everyone flying drones, whether you're flying uh, as a certified drone operator or as a under two kilogram commercial operator or just flying recreationally for fun, you must know the rules. Um, and then, of course, there's the sort of, sorts of things we do to support you uh, flying your drone, such as the Can I Fly There app, the Drone Flyer website. Um, and then fourthly, there are the things we are about to do. So there are uh, things like uh, compulsory drone registration, which is coming, uh, drone accreditation, which is coming. Uh, and uh, and fifthly, um, we've got, uh, you know, lots more we are doing in the space of uh 
drone uh, safety education uh, and information. So why that's all important? Well, I think it's you know self-evident, I would hope, that uh, if you're flying a drone, you are sharing the skies with other aircraft. Uh, and just like other aircraft, there, there are safety responsibilities you have, safety responsibilities to uh, other people in the air, so to uh, aeroplanes, helicopters, but also safety responsibilities to everyone on the ground. So I hope we can use uh, these podcasts to uh, expand on that, get some uh, messages across, uh, listen to uh, people's issues, concerns, questions, and um, get a good safety dialogue going. Peter, look, I want to thank you for your time today. Uh, do very much appreciate uh, your input, and I am certainly looking forward to, as I'm sure our listeners will be, to uh, having you on as, as uh, a regular chat um, to keep us all informed and keep us all safe in flying our drones. Look forward to it, absolutely. Great, Peter. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Okay, I'm now chatting with Meg Camaro from Fly the Farm. How are you going, Meg? Yeah, I'm great. Thanks, Shane. And thanks for having me on your podcast. Thank you for agreeing to come on. It's a pleasure to have you on. Now, tell me a little about the uh, the Meg story. Yeah, sure. So uh, my background is completely and utterly in agriculture. So I grew up on a beef cattle property in the central Burnett. Um, I attended ag college in Dalby. Uh, I was not I got accepted into university twice, but it wasn't really my cup of tea. I mean, it was you know, my thing has always been, been about helping farmers and being on the same side of as farmers. And, you know, getting into agribusiness wasn't really where I saw myself. So ag college was the perfect fit. Um, I uh, married a cotton grower here on the Darling Downs. And that's, yeah, that's where we've, we've ended up. You know, my work is now, you know, aside from the drones, uh, is predominantly in the grains industry here in Queensland. Um, yeah, so that's that's my very brief background is, yeah, uh, cattle and grains. Okay, then. So from a perspective of, of drones and, and our podcast called Drone Chat, what sort of things would you like to see discussed as subjects or information that we need to to get out there yeah sure look i think you know this is a really great format of getting a lot of information out there in a really you know really brief and concise way i think there's lots of opportunity for keeping people up to date with with legislation as well as you know getting into into technical subjects so you know from my perspective you know we, we could look at things like aerial spraying by drone you know the importance of keeping agronomists in the loop when it comes to drone imagery and you know where that where the agronomists and the farmers fit into the thing as well as you know you know what do farmers need to know when it comes to utilizing drones on their own farm and for their own personal use you know there's some really you know brief topics that i think could be very well covered in a format like this okay So I'm going to throw a few specific uh, questions and ideas at you, and and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. How important do you think UAVs and drones are to the agricultural industry now? Uh, Look, I think it's a growing, you know, there's there's certainly a growing interest. I, I tend to kind of stay away from the idea that they are 
a, you know, a key component of agriculture, uh, yeah, because there's so much technology out there. I, I certainly think that, you know, they definitely have their place. Uh, and you know, when used in the right format, you know, they can be a very powerful tool. But, you know, we also need to keep in mind that Australian agriculture is very, very vast. And, you know, the areas that need to be covered at this point in time, you know, that's difficult with drones. Like when you're talking, you know, large broad acre properties in Western Australia or uh, Western Queensland, you know, we're talking paddocks that can be a couple of thousand hectares in size, you know, something like a drone isn't going to be able to cover that in a timely fashion. Whereas, you know, for those kinds of uh, jobs, you know, I think possibly you're better off starting with satellites and then going down to the drones to get the more in-depth imagery in certain areas where there's an issue. Um, but certainly, you know, and, you know, I guess my my work is, you know, mainly in the cropping aspect these days. So, you know, that's where I'll talk from for this. You know, that's, you know, drones, yet yeah, are important. But, you know, I think we need to be really sure that we're not, we don't have blinkers on and think that drones are the only the only thing that'll work. So basically, they'll they'll be just another tool in the toolbox, so to speak, of for farmers uh, to to work their land and adapt as required. Absolutely. Okay. Do you think the farmers are going to be using the drones and the t- and the the software and that sort of thing themselves, or are they going to be looking for operators to do that for them? I think there'll be a little bit of both. So, you know, we're told as farmers that we need to be sharing our story. So, you know, getting across to the end consumer just what we do on farm. So I think, you know, for those kinds of things, uh, you know, a drone can be very powerful in, you know, particularly with certain ranges range of products, you can do live streams through to Facebook and stuff. So when you're out harvesting or if you're out mustering, you can be sharing what, you know, what you're seeing. Um, as well as, you know, there's always a time when, you know, say after a flood event, you know, it's really easy to get a drone up or, you know, after or during a flood event to see what's going on, to see where water's flying, to see what damage is around. And, you know, something that you don't want to be having to wait a couple of days for somebody to come in and do some work. You know, I think that there is a place for, you know, for drones in that aspect. But when it comes to the more, Yes, but, you know, for example, you know, in cropping, you know, when it comes to NDVI imagery, getting those plant health checks, I think there is a place for people to come in and provide those services. So, you know, it's not an enormous cost to a farmer. They don't have to spend time figuring out how all well this is going to work. You know, if they can have someone come in and say, you know, say, look, we need to get something done on this area of the paddock with, you know, multispectral, then it's it's a saving for them. They're not having to worry about the capturing and processing the data uh, and you know can keeping in mind you know me personally I think it's really important that farmers retain ownership of that data you know that's that's really important for me so yeah I think you know definitely both sides yeah it's really good for farmers to have one for themselves for some of that you know really easy stuff but then for the more advanced stuff I think you know the getting people in to capture that imagery for them is is pretty important. Okay Meg um, look I was wondering you mentioned earlier about using drones in agriculture and you mentioned um, spraying crops what role do you see for drones with spraying crops yeah sure so I think it's really early days when it comes to aerial spraying by drone and there's a raft of things that operators who want to get into that space need to keep in mind when it comes to uh, you know doing you know providing such services Um, you know at this point in time 
you know, there aren't two, I don't think there's any systems out there that would match uh, manned aircraft when it comes to uh, being able to cover what needs to be covered uh, in a timely ma- timely manner. I mean, and that's, you know, that's the key thing is timeliness. Like if you have a pest in your cotton crop, for instance, uh, you need it to be dealt with within a pretty short period of time, you know, within a day or two of your agronomist coming to you and saying, look, you know, we've got an issue uh, to the plane getting over your paddock, you know, it needs to be dealt with pretty quickly. And it, I, I, I just don't see at this stage that the drones are able to uh, to have that coverage in that timely fashion. There's also issues, you know, with, I mean, one of the big issues in the industry, in the spraying industry is ensuring that we don't have off-target spray drift. And, you know, I just don't think, I mean, unless people have come from a background of spraying, you know, I just don't think that there's enough knowledge about these types of issues. And just, you know, if you, it's a, if you combine drones, which, you know, are already a pretty touchy subject with aerial spraying, uh, yeah, I really think that we're uh, yeah, treading on treading on thin ice when it comes to probably issues that could arise. Do you, do you think that in time that might change, or do you not see that as a, ever being a strong role for drones? Look, they'll definitely have their place, uh, and you know, over time, yeah, I think that it will be overcome. You know, both the timeliness and you know coverage as drones become larger and um and things like that yeah the the off-target spray drift is an ongoing issue for all industries so whether that's ground application or aerial application it's it's an ongoing issue um you know despite the fact that there's been lots of work done and everybody knows that it's an issue there's we still have these problems so um I, I, that's unfortunately a problem that will never go away i don't see all righty Thanks for your time. I do appreciate you coming on with yeah, us today. No, that's fine. Look, I really appreciate it. And, you know, I really think that this will be a really great format for people to learn about the Australian drone industry. Well, thank you. And, look, we, we, we intend to have questions emailed into us uh, from people listening to our drone chat. So I'm hoping that uh, this won't be the one and only chat we have. I hope we'll have a few more in the future and I hope to be able to come up with some questions for you to um, to answer for all our listeners. Yep, fantastic. I really look forward to it. I hope, um, I hope it does get some people thinking. Meg, again, thanks very much for your time. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye. So I'm chatting now with Michael Fawcett from Drone Operator. How are you going, Michael? Good, Shane. How about yourself? Yeah, pretty good, thanks. Now, I want to chat to you a little bit about yourself, your your website, uh, Drone Operator. When did you go live? Drone Operator went live in mid-2018. Um, I recently had a bit of a test run of a couple of other sites around and found maybe this could be done a little bit better with a little bit more, um, I suppose, to give back to the operators and come up with the model of drone operator. Um, we've get, had pretty consistent sign-ups from then till now and we've nearly hit the 100 mark, so, no, it's going well. Oh, that's good. So what makes drone operator different from the other directories? Um, drone operator is a place for operators to list their business and get some exposure through direct web links that 
the um, directory forms. Uh, the simple and effective listings can also lift our members' Google ranking through external links. So they'll get free, basically, links to their website. Uh, members can also get the best value out of drone operator by becoming a part of the Facebook group, which is um, where we list most of the freelance jobs. The, the main big difference with drone operator is that operators can list for free. So there's no cost at all for a drone operator to have a listing on, on the website. It's, um, yeah, basically... Well, that, that's a great idea. That That's a, a great benefit for uh, an operator who's just starting out. Um, yeah, I think that's terrific. Okay. Have you had any negative feedback uh, with your directory going live? Oh, look, we, we have had a few comments, Shane, basically about these directories causing a race to the bottom. We, we, we do recognise that and all of our freelance inquiries are vetted prior to getting put through in the system. So we wouldn't be putting any spam spam requests through. In fact, most of the jobs we've had come through have required REOC and REPL because they were near airports. It, there's always going to be these issues with the directors around. They're around, and I think they're around for good. Drone operator just off, offers part with no no financial commitment. Look, you get access to some good member benefits that we've got. Uh, well, there's no other directories, from what I understand, that offer member benefits without any financial commitment. So we've got really good feedback from some clients that have actually been able to contact the operator because they had a listing on drone operator. Um, their, their Google optimization obviously wasn't quite up to scratch and the drone operator listing comes came right up so I, I do think we're starting to see some some movement on on Google and it's definitely benefiting our clients and customers well that's that's great news that's 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 another added bonus for someone who's just starting out well, what are your plans for drone operator in the future um, look, we, we've got some premium services that we're going to release. One, one of these is automatic client emails. So as soon as a um, freelance request comes through the system and it has been approved, it, it can be sent straight to the operator's inbox. Look, and, and it differs to other directories in that all industries for each state will come come through for nine ninety five a month. Oh, I know it could get quite costly on some of the other directories if you wanted to receive, say, a real estate, a mapping, agriculture and some other different industry requests. So that's sort of one of our premium services. Um, you know, there, there's other things like the, uh, having your background image on the site and, and stuff like that, but uh, this is all sort of stuff that will start to filter through once we start our client marketing, which we're hoping to start in mid-2019. So that's where we'll be aiming to get client freelance job requests come through the system. Currently, we've we've just been building the operator base. And, yeah, like I said, we're getting to a stage where we can sort of start to, to cover most of Australia. So it's, so it's good. 
Okay, now I just want to talk to you about the cost there that you've said because you're saying the premium side of things when you launch it later in the year is going to be nine ninety five per state per yep. month. So, so that means you can you can list yourself. So I can list myself. For example, I'm based here in in Toowoomba in Queensland. I can list myself with you for nine ninety five a month across all of the different categories or industry types that that the drones and UAVs are used for for the whole of the state. Yes. Yes. You know, that's that's a pretty good thing because I do know there are other platforms out there where you you'll you you get a listing for a basic fee and that sort of only covers you for a certain number of industries, but it only covers you for a like your geographical postcode area. If you want to add other areas to your state, you get charged extra every time you add another sort of region within that state. Yeah, so Shane, ours, like I said, it's ours is a simple, simple system that basically, if if you're an operator in Victoria and an inquiry comes through in Victoria, and you have subscribed to that premium service, you'll get the emails from every industry. So we've we've got a very different model to most of the other directories out there and and look once we start to see some of these freelance jobs come through i do hope that some of the uh members will take it up but they don't need to we've got a facebook group that we update every 72 hours with the jobs so they can just use the system for free if they wish okay so are there any other benefits to the people who go for the free service with you yeah look we've we've been lucky enough through facebook and some other connections to get some some really good benefits to for free um if you're a member of drone operator there's a few of our partners which you can see on the right hand side of every listing so you can check them out i'll just i'll just quickly go through them we've got 10 percent off through remoteoperator.com.au so that's an reoc applications done online we've got another good one through foxtech fpv which is a company based in china they do make some really cool uh, uav gear and you can get 5% off any products through through them. We also have 5% off orders less than 225 bucks through Safe Droning Australia, which most people will know if they're listening to this podcast. Um, so we thank Shane for that as well. Pleasure. And we've also got 5% off recreational drones through Integral Drones and... We also, our recommended service provider is FPV Australia. So if you're looking for training or any of our clients are, that, that's who we, we push those guys towards. So there's some good good membership benefits for, for pretty much no commitment at all. just need to have an active listing on the directory and you can then get access to those great discounts and services. Well, that's really good, Michael. Look, I, I, I think what you're doing there is good. I mean, you, you're providing a good basic service for an operator, particularly someone who's perhaps just starting out, 
And then uh, as they grow, they can afford to grow with you and for a small fee get the, the extra benefit of the uh, – the job is being emailed directly to them um, for a very, very reasonable cost. I think that is is fantastic. And I mean, yes, Safe Training Australia is is offering our support to you with 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 that discount offer. But I mean, this is this is really what it's all about, isn't it? It's it's all all of us who are in the industry working together to help each other where we can and how we can. Yeah. Exactly, and and I'm, I'm an operator myself, Shane, as you're aware, and recently got a Crystal Sky display with the Mavic 2, and, and as we all know, you, there's, it's pretty hard to mount the Crystal Sky to the Mavic 2, so quickly designed up a 3D print of the Crystal Sky Mavic 2 mount, and yeah, it gave... If you need the, the the file to print those out yourself, it's on the Drone Operator Facebook page. Look, and, th- and that's the sort of thing we're about. I know as a startup with running a drone business, you sort of you do need all the help you can get getting your name out there, and that's a, that's a big part of why I built the website. Look, we also want to offer the the bigger, well-known companies free listings as well. We 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 don't discriminate there. It's just. Whoever wants to sign up, as long as their core business is operating a drone, we're happy to offer our free listings to them. Oh, that's excellent. Well, listen, Michael, I've enjoyed having a chat with you, but before I let you go, I'm going to throw a question at you and see whether you can come up with a few suggestions and ideas for me. Do you have any suggestions on topics or guests you would like to hear on Drone Chat? Look, I... I Personally, from my agricultural droning background, I'd like to, I suppose, see if we could talk to Agriculture Victoria and just get some some confirmation on where we're at with spraying drones, so using drones to target spot, spot weed areas that are in hard-to-reach, unsafe areas. So currently the only drone in Victoria you can use to, to spray commercially with is the Yamaha Armax, which is quite a large helicopter style and still requires three or four operators. And, and at 90000 US dollars, it's out of reach of most standard sort of businesses these days. So I've, I've had a lot of inquiries from farmers and people that, that want to attack weeds that they just can't get to on on the quad bikes or even choppers and aeroplanes it's too hard to get so that's definitely something that i'd be keen to hear more about and yeah look hopefully we can get some movement eventually because i could see there is an opening there i think queensland the the rules are a bit different and it's starting to pick up a bit up there so be good to be able to follow suit yeah, look, it, it, it's funny you should actually raise that particular point. I was in uh, uh, Melbourne for the Avalon Air Show this year. I was fortunate enough to be invited down by somebody we both know, and that's John Fleming from FPV Australia. 
and I was there to obviously try and make contact with with some of the customers we already have at Safe Training Australia and, and get our name out there. But in a chat with John, he was talking about a DJI drone that is starting to be used for spot spraying, like you said, in either difficult areas or, or just small areas that need a little bit of spot spraying and is too cost prohibitive to use conventional uh crop dusting aircraft or, or helicopters and he was saying that it obviously apart from getting certified on the particular drone because it has a I think it's got a total lift capacity of about 25 kilos so you would need to get an endorsement more than likely on your REPL for that and obviously then get it added to your REOC but he was saying that because each state is different with a chemical spraying legislation that you've got to go to each state individually and go through a process of getting certified in chemical handling and chemical spraying. Uh, And he mentioned that it it is possible to do it reasonably easy in in New South Wales, for example. I believe it's a a one-day course that you do with the Department of Environmental Services. You do this one-day course and then you're a certified handler of chemicals and then you're able then to disperse the chemicals from this particular drone after you've gone through the process of getting it included in, in your REOC with, with CASA. So there are certainly interesting things starting to happen in the industry in all sorts of areas and this is why... I, I want to keep uh, Drone Chat going and get people like yourselves on regularly just so we, we find out what's changing where and which state and, and then obviously perhaps use that to help other states as a, as a bit of a leverage to get the same benefits happening. Yeah, I agree. Michael, thank you very much for your time. I do very much appreciate it. So I thank you for your time and I hope to have you back again in the not-too-distant future. Glad to be on, Shane, and look forward to chatting again. Thanks, Mike. Bye for now. Before you go, each month around the 15th, there will be a new episode. However, an extra episode will be available in a few days where I chat with Brad Mason from the ACUO about member feedback on CASA's accreditation and registration scheme. This will be a must-listen to hear their views. Follow us on Facebook or subscribe for news about Drone Chat. Well, that's it for this episode, and I hope you enjoyed Drone Chat, brought to you by Safe Droning Australia, your online safety equipment store. Email us any suggestions on topics, guests, or questions you may have to dronechat at safedroningaustralia.com.au. Until next time, I'm Shane Adamson. Safe and happy flying, everyone.